You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So, um, first of all, happy Thursday. Sorry if I uh, got you all started off wrong yesterday by telling you it was Tuesday. I really was upset, but I tell you what, about 15 minutes later brushing my teeth when I did the math in my head, like, wait a minute. Nathaniel doesn't work on Monday, but I saw him yesterday. Why was... It was Tuesday yesterday. Oh, it was a great revelation. And now it's already Thursday. Things are going well. Unfortunately, because there's a Packer game on Saturday, that means the clock starts to slow down. According to science, I saw this on Nova, when the Packers play on a Saturday, or are just about a couple days away, the clock loses about a half a second every second. And so it's going to take roughly 4.7 years until kickoff, if my calculations are correct. So we all got to find something to keep us busy, try to not focus on a football game, because if we don't have a lot to do other than think about, hey, there's a Packer game coming pretty soon, it's never going to happen. You ever try to watch water boil? It doesn't happen. It stares right back at you and just says, I'm not doing it. I tried. It says that. So anyways, um... I should probably start getting a little bit intentional about uh, what I'm doing here because we've only got a couple days left. But again, I kind of messed up the whole schedule because I've been looking at the Rams since like Monday. So that threw everything off. But I mean, what else are we going to talk about? So I guess we just keep doing (laughs) what we've been doing. I'm sorry, how is two to four inches of snow a winter weather advisory? Y'all are getting carried away with this stuff now. I got an alert on my phone because it was fog the other day. Now I got a winter weather advisor. You forced me to click on it, read through all this nonsense, all the counties, everything, scroll down, try to find out what the problem is. Accumulation of two to four inches. I don't care. You start giving me alerts on my phone like, hey, it's raining outside. Like, is it going to flood? No, it'll be done in about an hour. Just want to let you know. Alert. Pretty soon it's going to be like those child abduction things where my phone starts blaring at two in the morning. Dude! It's the winter solstice today. (laughs) Okay. Stupid things. Anyways, how are you doing? I want to, um, real quick before I forget, say thank you. Thank you very much to Mr. Ruben Marks for jumping in um, and throwing down a donation. Very, very, very helpful to me, and I greatly appreciate that. I was talking to JJ the other day, and he mentioned how it's sad realizing that the end of the season is coming, and the... uh, the off season is coming, which is not only sad because there's no football, but it's sad because a huge part of the audience goes away. So the interaction dies down, the followers disappear, the Facebook group kind of dries up, you know, all the interaction, all the growth, all the money, the advertisers, everything just goes away. They're like, yeah, there's no football. Like, hey, you want to advertise on my show? Like, why? Nobody cares. It's like, yeah, that's true. All right. So we both uh, talked about how we need to soak it in and embrace it. And I guess that goes for everybody in terms of at least the interaction and the excitement because win, lose, or draw, um, this thing's coming to an end pretty soon. Fortunately, we still have the NFL draft, so that's a pretty rabid group. If you're not involved in that group, in that life, that that NFL draft life, 
make sure you get in that because that's just that's fun it extends your football season it's something extra fun to do during the regular season if you're one of those people that hates the nfl draft because people talk about it at inappropriate times like you know while the season is still going on you get to go from being a curmudgeon to somebody that's excited about stuff i'm just saying man just try it out you don't have it's like everything else you don't actually have to be an expert you just pretend to be one and just enjoy it you watch like one highlight reel of a guy and you're like dude that's my guy right there Stevie McJohnson, Santa John Estate, 6'4", 210, rocking it. Best angles in football, son. I'm telling you, it's a blast. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit more in-depth, by the way, today, as in uh, this day, we are starting a series with Mr. Coach Hahn. It's going to be three days straight. We should come up with like a, a catchy name. Just, I mean, Film Room and Hahn don't rhyme. Pawn and yawn, that's counterproductive. Pawn is the weakest thing on the chessboard. Notorious loser, so we can't use pawn. Lawn, I don't know. Up till dawn with Coach Hawn, that sounds like an inappropriate show. That that that's that's a really bad idea. Let's not do that. I'm sorry, that even came out of my mind. <laughs> I, 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 for a second I was like, ooh, this could be good, because it's like, you know, you're grinding the tape, and then it's like, whoops, whoops, nope, that's not it. Although, is it really worse than D-Train? As soon as they came out with that name, it's like, guys, really bad idea. But I guess that's what we stick with, so, alright, cool. I think D-Train is infinitely worse than Up Till Dawn with Coach Hawn. Although, similar issues there. We'll figure it out, that's my problem. If you, if you have any ideas, let me know. Otherwise, today, we're going to be breaking down, and I don't even know the order. I think I wanted to do offense first, but if he's already got his thing planned out, we'll just do whatever. But he's going to do an offensive breakdown... Tonight, 6 o'clock Central, live on um, my YouTube channel, Pack Daddy NFL. So make sure you get on there. You can ask him questions as he's doing things. So he's going to be breaking down the general scheme of the Rams offense, the tendencies specifically for the Rams. So there's sort of the, the foundations of the Shanahan system is like, you know, the, the, the intro to it all. And then there's the wrinkles of the McVeigh. How does McVeigh utilize the guys that he has within that system? And then just sort of general strengths and weaknesses of the system and how the Packers can possibly manipulate that, what, what their best odds are of, of attacking it. And again, jump in with questions, and uh, he's very, very willing and, and excited to answer people's questions. So make sure you check that out. Again, 6 o'clock tonight. Tomorrow will be the defense, exact same format. And then Saturday he's going to be doing a live breakdown of the game. So um, it's not going to happen until dawn, but it will start at 6, so... Is game on with Coach Hahn a stretch? Because on and Hahn, yeah. I don't know, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. I, I mean, if he starts his own YouTube channel, that'd be a pretty cool YouTube name. Maybe I'll just let him have that one, and we'll just stick with clickbaity stuff for YouTube. I want to start off with one thing that's kind of getting carried away a bit. Um, a lot of people are pointing out that the Rams' defense maybe isn't as good as people say it is because there's a couple games you look at and, you know, they scored a lot of points and whatnot. Of course, as usual, I didn't actually... I, I do the work and then I just, like, delete it. Like, ah, okay, that answers that question. It's like, you have a podcast, dude. You need to keep these things so that you can say the actual information. <sighs> Anyways... What some people will point out, there's a couple different things. First of all, the Buffalo Bills scored 35 points against them. A lot of people point that out as, I thought you had a good defense, looks like you suck. From there, it's 28 points for the Dolphins, 28 for the Cardinals, 
if you try to continue from there, it gets a little shaky because 24 points isn't a lot in the NFL. It's just not. And they've so they've only given up three times where teams have scored more than that, and only once was in the 30s. So automatically, my mind says, dude, it's. I mean, they're allowed to have one bad day, right? I mean, it doesn't make you a bad team. I'm consistently saying the Packers' offense is very good. They have a lot of garbage games, especially early on, and that Buffalo game was week three. But beyond that, it, it's real simple, right? As I've said a thousand times, my the way that I like to look at this is, what did you do in comparison to what everybody else does? So compare scores that you allowed and compare that to what this team usually gets. So for example, Buffalo scored 34 points against the Rams. Ha ha ha, you're garbage. The Buffalo Bills averaged 31.1 points per game. So yeah, that was a little bit worse than average. Miami averages 28 points, or I'm sorry, 25. So 28 is slightly, it's three points worse than average. So that was a below average performance by the defense. Arizona, exact same thing. They averaged 25, they got 28. That was a below average performance. San Francisco averages about 23.6. They got to 24, so it's about average. So, you know, you would expect to be better than average, but, you know, average. Tampa Bay got to 24. Well, they averaged 30, so that's significantly better than average, right? And the point is, if you go down the line and you look at how much better they do on average, they blow everybody out of the water, right? The Jets won, and that's pretty embarrassing. That's true. It really wasn't the fault of the defense, although the defense certainly could have done a better job allowing 23 points to an offense that only scores 15 is an embarrassment, but also um, only getting to 20 points against the Jets is an embarrassment. It was a game, obviously, where the team just didn't show up. They thought it didn't matter, and it really bit them hard. They played Seattle three times. Seattle averages on the season 28 points. The Rams allowed 20, 20, and 16. So clearly, way above average. The Eagles averaged 20. They allowed 19, so slightly better than average. Dallas gets a little less than about 25 points per game. They allowed 17, clearly well better than average. Washington gets 21 points per game. They allowed 10. Chicago gets 22 points per game. They allowed 10. The Giants get 17 points per game. They allowed 9. Again, the Cardinals, 25. They allowed 7 the second time around, 7. And then the Patriots get about 20 points per game. They allowed 3. And that was in week 14. And again, a lot of these really good games were kind of in the second half here. Week 17, week 14, whatever. So I've already laid out that I don't think that this is the best defense in football, at least not recently. There are other teams that have kind of ascended and they've kind of, you know, dropped down a bit. But I don't want to take that too far and say it's a bad defense because it's not. It's a scary defense. No question about it. I mean, the, the, the Packers struggle against really good defenses, and they don't have to be the number one defense in football for the Packers to have a hard time getting off the ground. This maybe isn't the number one, maybe they're number two, five, seven, I don't know, but they're good and they're scary, and if they can execute, it's going to be a problem. It's all kind of nuance at that point, but, but they are talented. So I just, I don't want to mislead anybody by telling you that the defense isn't as good, which is kind of how I started this whole thing out. Because, again, I do think that's a little overblown, the idea that this is by far the best defense in football because they average that over the entire season. Yeah, you can can slice things up a million different ways if you want, and you come up with different answers. If you look at points, if you look at yards, if you look at for the season, for the half, for the quarter, if you look, again, based on, you know, how you did against other other offenses, you know, who you played. You know, even uh, if you look at DVOA, they've got, they, they essentially do it that way. I don't know if there's any other nuances in there. There probably are, but they essentially do it that way. Who you played, 
or what you did to somebody compared to what everybody else did to them is, is more or less how DVOA works, I believe. And then they've also got weighted DVOA, which again looks at these more recent games more heavily weighted as opposed to, you know, the earlier games slowly fade off. They have their weighted DVOA as the Rams are the number one team. So whatever their process is, they have them number one. In total, though, they have them number four. So again, it's just, how do you want to break it down? Whatever your process is, fine. But it's, I mean, again, I I just don't like the idea of we're going to look at how many points you allowed, period, for the season, and that makes you number one. That's silly. But either way, I mean, there's good news and bad news here. The bad news is, if you look at the weighted DVOA and the defenses we have to go up against, you have the number one, the number two, and the number six teams coming up. Not that we have to face all of them, obviously, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints are playing each other, but it's possible we have to play the number one and number two defenses in football in the next two weeks. The good news is, if we can take out the Rams, that means the offense is able to overcome that and they can beat anybody. And then, whoever we face in the Super Bowl, granted they're probably going to have a better offense, I'm not too worried about that because the Packers have the best offense in football. Again, you can try to split that up any way you want. I'm comfortable saying it. So this is the gauntlet in my mind. Not that different teams don't bring different challenges, but but again, the, the biggest fear that I have for the Packers is when defenses shut down all, the, the, the Packers' offense. That's historically been when things go really sideways. And if they can overcome this, then they're good. It, I mean, it, honestly, it feels a lot like the Tennessee Titans game. Everybody said, well, they can't do it. They can't do it. They haven't played anybody. They've played a bunch of garbage teams. This is the first actual legit uh, playoff teams since uh, the Vikings and the, the Buccaneers and the Colts, and they lost all three of those teams. They can't beat anybody. They can't stop the run. Da, 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 da. All the narratives. And really, there were two conflicting narratives. Number one, Aaron Rodgers said we're a different team since that Colts loss. Number two, they haven't played anybody worth anything since the Colts. Which one of those two narratives is going to emerge against the Tennessee Titans? Are they a new, improved, better team that's going to take out playoff teams? Or are they going to get absolutely embarrassed? They annihilated Tennessee. And also, let's not forget, I, I think Tennessee and Baltimore were the of the games I actually watched, two of the more competent teams in the entire playoffs. I didn't watch Tampa, but I heard reports that it was kind of ugly. I watched the Buffalo Bills struggle to beat the Colts. The Rams-Seahawks game was kind of a joke. Cleveland was a mess. I mean, just I mean, the, the whole thing was just a, a, a sloppy, garbage show. And New Orleans could not move the ball against the Chicago defense, the defense that the Packers had no problem moving the ball against. They could not do anything against the Bears. At home, the Packers moved the ball at will against the Bears um, in Chicago. So, you know, again, the, the biggest takeaway from the playoffs was there's nobody the Packers can't beat. These are quality football teams, but they're not just these absolute Goliaths that, that I think a lot of us, myself included, are starting to build up in our minds. If they were, we wouldn't have watched the games this past weekend that we watched. And again, Tampa Bay, I'll I'll leave that up to your discretion. Those are just reports that I heard coming back that they did not look very good. Although, I I think Tom Brady is still playing at a very high level, which kind of sucks. But hey, if he has to come to Lambeau, we'll see how that works out to his his advantage. So anyways, again, in in general, if we really break it down, because first of all, I don't really like the argument of they haven't played anybody. Everybody loves that argument when it works against our opponent, nobody likes it when it gets used against us, right? Because it's true. The Packers have not played anybody. Well, there's a couple. Well, everybody's played a couple, but for the most part, everybody's played garbage because that's just the way it goes. Most teams are kind of trash, and the Packers 
have had one of the easier schedules, so that's just not a very good argument to, to bring to the table. Yes, most of the teams they played are bad. They also played the Bills, the Dolphins, the Buccaneers, the Seahawks three times, Cardinals if you want to call them a good team. I don't you know. So it, basically all I'm doing right now is I feel like things have gotten wildly out of control. Like some people got super nervous and they're making this like, I don't know if we can win. And so then, like, the, the positive Packer fans come in and they're like, this is going to be easy, This is you're acting like an idiot, the Rams suck, they haven't played anybody, and it's just the two extremes have gotten out of control, and I'm trying to pull us all back into the middle. Which is kind of boring, but it's the Packers and the Rams are both very good teams. They're good for different reasons. It comes down to execution, but I still think the Packers are better. That's where I'm at. Anyways, I, I was perusing through some of these questions that I didn't really get to. Some of them... I'm not answering directly because I've already talked about it just um, on my own. But uh, Garrett says, what's the biggest part of the Rams' defense that is a concern for the Packers? D-line pressure, cornerback communication, or turnover potential? I'm gonna, I, as, as I commonly do, I'm going to kind of hijack this a bit. My biggest concern was Aaron Donald, but I, I really think the corners, and maybe I'm just psyching myself out here, is my biggest concern is becoming the cornerbacks. And I, and I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I'm not going to rely too heavily on PFF, but Let's just say they disagree that he's the best cornerback in football by a fairly substantial margin. We know they think Jair is number one. Um, Rams fans love to pipe up and be like, well, look how they shut down DK and this guy. Like, dude, all good corners shut people down. Jair has been shutting people down all year. It's, it's not, you know. It's very annoying when people make an argument in favor of their player but don't bother to look at all the other guys in competition. I just had somebody argue with me that the... Saints have three number one wide receivers. On my YouTube channel, he's mad at me that I picked Tylen Wallace to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think like in the second or third round. He's mad about it because they have three number one wide receivers. The only way in the world you can come to that conclusion is if you have no idea anything outside of Pittsburgh. Like you've never watched a game that is not a Pittsburgh Steelers game. You don't watch ESPN, which I don't either, but I mean, I'm just trying to say there's got to be some kind of information getting into your brain somewhere from from some source other than a tiny Pittsburgh Steelers bubble. If there's not, that's the only way that you come to that ridiculous conclusion. He asked me to look at their production. They don't have a single thousand-yard receiver. What are you talking about? So it's it's a similar thing. Well, Jalen's obviously the best. He's shut down wide receivers that are good. Okay, has anybody else done that? Well, I don't know. Then what are you talking about? But just, just to specify, um, they have Jair Alexander, number one, Xavier Howard, uh, number two. And there's a drop-off. Jair is a 90. Xavier Howard is an 87. Then they have Bryce Callahan in Denver, who always gets graded out very highly. The guy gets no respect. He's always been graded out highly. I know he's a slot guy, so he's not usually going up against number one, so it's probably a little bit, you know, biased. But he's very, very good at football. I was stunned when the, the Bears, like, never wanted to play the guy. They let him walk to Denver, and Fangio gets it. He's like, dude, I, I'll take him. Please give him to me. Anyways, he's number three. Then you have Jonathan Jones in New England, Akello Witherspoon in San Francisco, then Darius Williams in Los Angeles, then James Bradbury with, for the Giants, and then Jalen Ramsey, um, who's actually tied with James Bradbury. That's how that breaks down. So again, some of these guys are not number one, so they're kind of like super mismatches at number two or in the slot. I think that's the situation with Darius Williams because you have Jalen Ramsey on the team, so it kind of... Basically, he's a number one corner. He's playing like a number one corner going up against number twos, is, is what I think that is. Um, if we just try to sort this by NFL passer rating, it's not the be-all, end-all, but again, just looking at it from different perspective. Bryce Callahan is number one in the NFL, 46.9 passer rate. 
Jair is 10th with a 68.3. Jalen Ramsey is 15th. If you look at pass breakup, you got Jair is 4th. Jalen is 18th. By the way, this Darius Williams guy is, is like at the top of all these lists. He has more pass breakups, a lower passer rating, more interceptions. It's why he grades out significantly higher. So please pay attention to that guy. Looking at interceptions, he's not even in the top 50, which means he has at most one interception on the whole season. Yeah, he has one one pick, two pass breakups. What is the deal here? Oh, no, eight. I'm sorry. I was like, I was like that's Quentin Dunbar. I was like, that's garbage. And then in terms of touchdowns allowed, of the three cornerbacks that they have, Troy Hill has allowed one touchdown, Darius Williams has allowed two, Jalen Ramsey has allowed three. So, I mean, he hasn't allowed very many yards. That's sort of his claim to fame, I think. So if we if we look at the three guys, Jalen Ramsey has allowed 32 receptions, Darius Williams 34, Troy Hill 61. If you look at yards, Troy Hill 577, Darius Williams 504, Jalen Ramsey only 309. Again, touchdowns, it's 1, 2, and 3. Jalen Ramsey's allowed the most. If you look at interceptions, Darius has 4, Troy has 3, Jalen Ramsey has 1. If you look at uh, pass breakups, Darius has 10, Jalen has 8, Troy has 7. And then NFL passer rating, uh, Troy Hill 74-3, Jalen 73, and Darius 59-9. So, I mean, I, I just, it's, I'm trying to push Jalen Ramsey up to the top, and I bottom line is I just can't do it. There's no real discernible metric here. Um, again, 309 yards is solid. Jair is allowed 337, so it's about the same. Uh, actually, they're very similar. Uh, Jair has allowed 35 receptions on 69 targets. Jalen, 32 on 64. 309 compared to 337. 127 yards after the catch for Jalen. 101 yards after the catch for Jair. Uh, 42 was the longest against Jalen. 32 was the longest against Jair. Three touchdowns allowed by Jalen. Two by Jair. Each have one interception, and then Jalen has eight pass breakups. Jair has 13. So similar, but again, Jair's better. I know I was supposed to be talking about something else, but I'm, I'm just I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole. Just bear with me here. PFF does have a couple other sneaky metrics, which I don't know exactly what to make of it, but it is interesting anyways. Um, snaps per reception, which, think about it. How many times in a game when they're trying to throw the ball, are they going to snap the ball before somebody catches a pass on this guy? Jalen Ramsey ranks fourth in that metric. Now, again, the statistics are kind of weird this way because Kevin King usually dominates these metrics as well, which is kind of weird. But, um, for example, let's say you're a very good corner and your other the other corners on your team are really bad. Usually those guys are going to get targeted and you're not going to get thrown at. That doesn't necessarily mean you're very And I'm not saying that's the, the situation here. I'm just trying to think, you know, a little bit outside of the box to show that just because they're, they're number one in a metric doesn't mean that they're necessarily very good. But again, if you want to know if a metric is good, you look at the, the, the guys that rank the best in here and say, is this a good list of corners? If so, it's probably a decent metric. Richard Sherman, Jimmy Smith, Jason McCourty, Jalen Ramsey, Darius Williams, Chaverius Ward, Tredavious White, Jair Alexander. I would say that's a great list. So it's pretty solid in terms of a decent metric. And again, he's fourth. So in other words... Um, on average, there's 18 snaps before there's one reception going to Jalen Ramsey. Then you have snaps per target. He ranks seventh. So that that's kind of interesting for two reasons. Because it means, first of all, very rarely is he thrown at. But also, if there's a discrepancy between the two, that's really good for the corner. So, for example, if he was like 15th in this category, that would mean he's actually targeted a lot. But the, it's just not caught. If he's seventh and fourth, that means he's, it's you know... Not really a big discrepancy there. Does that kind of make sense? You know what I'm talking? Forget it. I'm not. I'm not going to be better at explaining that. So if you don't get it, we're just going to move on. And then finally, there's yards per snap, which just kind of incorporates 
This might even be my favorite metric just because it incorporates if you're targeted a lot and a lot of them get caught and they're for a lot of yards, that means more than everything. So it just kind of encompasses everything in my opinion. So every time the ball is snapped, on average, how many yards is this cornerback going to be giving up? Jalen Ramsey is third in that metric. About a half a yard per snap. So if you think about it, on a three and out, on a drive that has, you know, first down, second down, and third down, on average, Jalen Ramsey's giving up 1.5 yards. Anyways, back to the original question point. How is it 445 already? This is unbelievable. That makes no, that makes literally no sense. I have no idea. I must have paused it and took a nap at some point. That's crazy. Sorry. My thought generally is I'm more worried about the corners because if you think back, just, just think back to those times when you're really frustrated and you feel like we're definitely going to lose this game because the offense can't get going. What's happening? Right, just just draw a picture of this is going really, really poorly. Tell me what's happening on the play that's happening in your mind right now. Is Aaron Rodgers rolling to his right and not able to find anybody? Because that's what's happening in my brain. So as much as Aaron Donald is absolutely a problem, as much as that scares me to death, um, you can scheme away just a good pass rush, right? This is why I, I, I think teams in general, right? We saw it happen with New England, and I think a lot of teams are really going more toward heavy DB, in other words, really talented secondary, because the NFL has evolved to such a way that the ball just comes out real quick, right? That's that's the way that the NFL is moving. Again, New England kind of perfected that. The pass rush was useless. Brady was never on his back, partially because the offensive line did such a good job, but the ball was always out. It was always in rhythm. Snap the ball, one, two, boom, hitting the guy coming across the middle of the field, and usually wide open. That's why Brady got knocked all those years in New England, because they did such an amazing job of getting the ball out quickly, on time, in rhythm, to a wide receiver who's usually schemed wide open. Doesn't make a quarterback bad, but it's just hard to call him elite when that's all he's doing all day long, with a couple big shots mixed in there. And so if it was just a good pass rush, which kind of is what I think Chicago is for the most part. Not to say they're bad across the board, but, but they're just... The corners are overrated. The safeties are vastly overrated. And so they, they're able to mitigate the pass rush, especially if you just have one really good pass rusher, which I know Akeem Hicks is there, but okay, fine. Call it two if you want. Statistically and every other otherwise, Akeem Hicks is not the greatest ever. But it's just, it's beatable. Right? I, I can buy myself a little bit of time. And if I don't have time, we can scheme guys open, assuming the rest of the defense is not super elite. The problem with the Rams is that they have both a pass rush and they can hold off guy. So we don't have a lot of time to try to find ways to get guys open. And really, the corners, who are very good, really just have to buy themselves a little bit of time. So usually, if you just have one or the other, you, you can find success. If you force them to get the ball out of their hand quickly, you know, that's going to help your DB. If you have good defensive backs, that buys your pass rushers a little bit more time. But if you have both, it's just, it's it really sucks. So again, the, the, the best, and we're just talking about passing. And this is why I really like the idea of running the ball um, a lot. But the problem is that the, the general plan passing is get the ball out of your hands quickly, but, you know, you got corners that can that can hold you off for a couple seconds, and it, it really blows up a play when you got this quick, you know, timing route thing, and it just gets blown up and there's nothing there. Now Rodgers has to come off that. He's got to look around. Now there's pressure. He's got to scramble. Cuts the field in half. He's trying to look around. He doesn't have time. He's got to throw it out, right? I mean, it just it happens that quick. And if that's all it takes, we got to disrupt these quick routes and not let you do that. Take that away and force you to try to stretch the field, which is, plays into our hands because now Aaron Donald's coming, right? That just kind of throws stuff off. So in terms of what I'm worried about the most, it's it's the cornerback play. Um, I really do think it's it's the fact that I don't know that we have real top-end number two 
targets. Right, I mean, we got guys that can contribute. You know, when when so much attention is being paid to Devontae, and, and granted, these guys step up when Devontae's not even on the field, but now we're talking about premier corners, right? Again, there's a guy that's graded higher than Jalen Ramsey on their team right now. He has more picks, more pass breakups, lower passer rating, allowed less touchdowns. He plays on the same team. Nobody even knows his name. That's who guys like Alan Lazard have to beat. Best of luck. And again, that's the hard part, and it really just stresses everybody else. And if, if they put some extra attention on Devontae, it comes down to those guys having to really beat these other guys, and it's it's not going to be easy. A lot of other teams don't have good number two corners. They just don't. I mean, you're lucky to have one really good corner. And again, I, I just think solid DB play, which is why I'm so in love with what the Packers are doing now, although I would love a little bit more pass rush. But the fact that this is turning into a dominant DB group really gets me excited. I mean, the Patriots, when, when they were the number one defense, I don't know, last year or whatever it was, it was the secondary. This year with the Rams, I mean, everybody pays attention to Aaron Donald, but really the secondary is what shines over there. It just gives them so much flexibility. Again, I'm looking at the defense, and I'm like, there's a lot of players that are starters that are not that good, but they got the right ones. You can't throw because the secondary is too good. You can't run because, you know, they don't have to worry about the secondary as much, and Aaron Donald is there blowing stuff up in the middle of the field. So who cares if their second defensive tackle isn't elite or if they've got mediocre pass rushers or subpar linebackers? Nobody cares. Okay, cool. Do something about it. What are you going to do? I don't know. But again, that, that's, that doesn't mean they're unbeatable. We've, we've got examples. You've seen the examples. They've lost several games. I mean, the fact of the matter is they, they ended the season 2-1, two and well, two and one, I guess. I mean, I would say 2-2, two and two, but they just beat Seattle. I mean, they, they just in general, the team wasn't very good. Win-win-loss, win-win-loss, win-loss, win-win-loss, win-win-loss-loss. I mean, just, just how about this simple fact? They've never won more than two games in a row. They just won two games in a row. If they beat the Packers, it's the first time all year they won more than two games in a row, right? So it, 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 it's a good defense, but it's just the team itself is, is severely flawed, and, and it's a team that, regardless of what happens against the Packers, no way in the world am I picking them to win the Super Bowl. The offense is putrid. And, and the defense, I think, is just too inconsistent. And the fact of the matter is the games that they lost, I mean, they lost, even when the defense does a good job, the offense has been so bad at time. The last game they lost was to Seattle. The defense allowed 20 points. They lost because they only scored nine. So the, the, the Rams are coming into this with some serious problems, right? Their offense, with a busted-up golf, has to find a way in Lambeau Field to overcome this defense and score enough points to overcome what the number one offense is going to put up on your defense. It just it, The cards are so unbelievably stacked against the Rams. I understand the heartburn from our side. We've got a lot of hurdles to overcome. But look at it from their perspective. If you're nervous, try to be the Rams and say, how do we beat the Packers? Figure that one out. It's not easy. I mean, there, there's, there's four games. Two of them are expected to be close via Vegas, right? The Buffalo Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The Saints are three-point favorites. There are two games that Vegas is saying are going to be kind of lopsided a bit. The Kansas City Chiefs are ten-point favorites over the Browns. The Packers are seven-point favorites over the Rams. That's not minor. That's not minor at all. So Rams fans are coming into this feeling cocky. I'm mean, even seeing comments on, on Twitter saying, you know, like with, with Valdir being out, and I know that's like a big thing, and I probably should have spent more time talking about it. I don't even have time to take a break today. That's kind of embarrassing, but I guess I don't care. I'll, I'll skip a day. No commercial breaks today. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's my new jingle. Uh, Jared Valdir, COVID, not playing. Sucks, whatever. Back to plan A, I guess. Um, 
people are like, well, I guess he won't be playing for two teams in the playoffs. And all the Packer fans are like, what are you talking about? Why, why are you assuming that, I mean, what if they win? And then you got people in the comments like, they won't. You realize the Packers are the favorites in this game, right? You realize they're the number one seed and the, the Rams are like the 15th seed or something stupid? That, 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 that this team is not great. It's one of the worst offenses in football. It's complete garbage, and they're on the road. They have to travel from the West Coast to Wisconsin, which is kind of a long trip, and it's freezing cold, and it's outside, and Aaron Donald has busted up ribs, and the quarterback literally has pins in his hand. and Like, you know all these things, right? Well, the Packers can't stop the run. <laughs> Packers can't stop the run. Who is still saying that? Why are people still saying that? Packers can't stop the run, man. <laughs> yes, they rank 21st in, in against the run. But if the Tennessee Titans, the second-best running team in football with the clear number one running back in all of football, can't beat the Packers, what are you even talking about? The Rams are nowhere near as good of a team. Beyond that, Tennessee was much more of a threat because they can throw the ball. Very good quarterback, one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in football in Tannehill, and two top-tier wide receivers, like two top-ten wide receivers on their team. That's a threat. And so that's that's part of the reason why the, the run is such a threat, because if you just sell out to stop the run, you're in trouble. The Rams can't throw. The quarterback is putrid, terrible, horrible. Last four weeks, Jared Goff, where is he? 27th. You know, I want to do something here because... I'm noticing a name that's uh, making me a little bit curious. Lower than Jared Goff is actually Drew Brees. So <laughs> I hope the Saints win, man. I really hope the Saints win. He has been so bad. I mean, I know he, he graded out okay against Chicago, but that's not good. I don't want to say I'm not scared of the Saints. They got some weapons. They got a defense, but man. By the way, you know who else is down here? Pat Mahomes, 31st. What the heck is that all about? Dude. Tell you what, man, Patty Mahomes is not the same. I mean, he's still, like, his, his, his grade right now is actually higher than it was in 2019, but, I mean, he's super spotty this year. Just just because it's interesting to me, and I'm assuming it's interesting to you. I mean, he's, he's I, I just don't think the Chiefs are the same team that they were. They're just not, and, and largely because Pat Mahomes is not, he's, he's every bit as elite, but he's way too inconsistent. 69, 83, 92, 44. 81, 61, 72, 92, 77, 86, 90, 93. That's his like super hot stretch right there right really good mostly garbage teams but tampa bay was sprinkled in there that was a 90 so that's a great stretch since then the last three weeks 68 against miami 66 against new orleans and a 51 against atlanta seven touchdowns four interceptions i don't know how many yards i don't care to add that up but it's just not good there's a bunch of fumbles mixed in here that's crazy the, the postseason is littered with quarterbacks that are just not getting it done in the second half. Now, Tom Brady's number one, Josh Allen's number four, Lamar's number five, Baker's number six, Aaron Rodgers' number eight, but um, that's pretty staggering to see these guys down here. And also, I, I did see somebody else mention they have a really good wide receiver group. I, th I think, I don't know, and I'm not going to try to put words in your mouth or whatever. I think some people are stuck on the Rams and what they were. The Rams, just like two years ago, were an unstoppable offense with largely the exact same football team. So when you look at Goff and these this group of wide receivers, it's like, well, this is one of the best trios in football. No, it was two years ago. Even over the last four weeks, and, and this is, you know, not just for the season. We're talking recent history. Cooper Cup is 23rd. Um, i got to keep scrolling. I don't see anybody else here. Hold on. Timeout. Cooper Cup is 23rd. 
Then you got Robert Woods is 63rd. Josh Reynolds is 82nd. Van Jefferson is 87th. And this is out of 99 wide receivers. So this is not the same Rams team, right? I don't know exactly what the problem is. Maybe it largely has to do with the offensive line getting worse or the quarterback getting worse, and it negatively reflects on the wide receivers because the grading system obviously is not perfect. They kind of kind of work in comparison, I guess. Probably easier to catch passes when they're more accurate passes, so there's more drops. I don't know. I'm just I'm just reading into it a little bit in terms of why it may have happened. Or maybe they're just getting worse because they're getting worse. Same with Goff. Like, why is Goff not as good as he was two years ago? I don't know, man. I don't know. Same coach, same system. Largely the same wide receivers, offensive line, tight ends. I mean, there's been some changes, but not much. I mean, they got rid of their high-powered running back, but ugh, I don't know. But it's it's not, the offense is not a concern. It's not to say they're, they're completely useless. They're a good running team, but they're not the Titans. Quarterback is bad. Wide receivers are bad. And again, I, I do genuinely think that Petten is going to employ a similar strategy, whereas it seems like the best thing to do would be to stop the run and trust your your DB, I almost think they're going to continue to play a lot of, of, of nickel and dime and uh, say, look, if you want to run all day, you go right ahead because you're not going to beat us doing that. And although that did work for the San Francisco 49ers when they said, okay, I'll take that bait, and then they ran all over us, I don't think the Rams are that kind of team. So I, I somehow am out of time here. I, I feel like I'm literally just getting started. Like I, I want to take a break and then get into some other stuff, and it's it's 5.04, so... I don't know. I hardly touched on anything yet. I must have been super rambly and not even realized it. But anyways, again, Pack Daddy NFL, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming out. I'm also working on a series. If you're curious about um, the the best 2020 rookies, I'm real excited about it. I just finished my video for quarterbacks. By the way, if you have joined my channel as a uh, as a member, depending on what tier you're on, you'll be able to watch the videos earlier. I haven't been able to do that lately because I'm there's nothing really out early yet. But I'm going to try to get those videos out like before they're scheduled next week. So you'll be able to hopefully watch the, the best quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks of 2020 as early as today if you are a member of the channel. Otherwise, you'll be able to check that out next week. And I kind of think that might just be Matt. <laughs> so Matt, I got some videos coming for you, big guy. But anyways, I got to get going. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.